Welcome to the Big W Podcast, the first for 2021. Aren't you glad that we're back? I certainly am. And you're going to enjoy this one. A chance for us to catch up with the senior coach for the first time uh, for this season and for the first time uh, since he uh, took the job as uh, officially as the senior coach of the Werribee Footy Club. Taking over from Mark Williams, of course, is Michael Barlow. And we'll uh, talk to Mick in just a tick. Also going to meet one of our new recruits and a uh, great recruit we've got too from the uh, SANFL, from the Sandful. His name is Nick Hayes. You'll hear more about him from, uh, from Mick Barlow shortly. And then we'll talk to the man himself about uh, his transition from the Adelaide uh, footy uh, arena into the uh, the Werribee Football Club. That's all coming up. Uh, also want to thank our terrific sponsors again. Some exciting news to come very soon from the Bland family about their involvement uh, in the Werribee Football Club for season 2021. That's coming soon. But thanks to our podcast sponsors, Karaya Waste, uh, of course, a family-owned and operated business. Thanks to Ken and the team once again for being on board uh, during 2020 and also uh, heading into 2021. Members get 15% Percent off all services there, and you can check out all the details at cariowm.com.au. Uh, to Dominic and everyone at ABC Homes, the Australian building company, uh, go to their website, abchomes.com.au, or give them a call on 131 828. Uh, to uh, Joel and to Rowan and to uh, Alpana and everyone at Bendigo Bank, our banking partners, once again, thanks for your great support. They're in Watton Street, of course. And uh, to uh, the team at KFC, shut up and take my money. Uh, because uh, we want to eat that uh, good KFC. Thanks to Dan, everyone, at uh, KFC uh, in Werribee with a 10% discount there for members as well. So thanks to our great sponsors. Let's get stuck into it and uh, talk uh, for the very first time this year to the man who will be running our football operations in 2021, senior coach Michael Barlow. How's that sound, Mick? You like that? Uh, Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) Well, I was senior coach uh, for two to three months prior with, with the Arable Sedden Eagles. So, yes, I'm True. Uh, moved on, undefeated in, into the, <laughs> the big gig in in the uh, VFL or now known as, we don't know yet exactly what it's going to be known as, but the East Coast State League competition. So, now it's exciting, um, Kev, and uh, for exactly the right club that I'm very, very passionate about. Absolutely. Um, uh, any hesitation in your head when, when the opportunity came up uh, or was it one of those things that this is a no-brainer? Um, you know, I think that there was some, I suppose, consideration in terms of, of what it might look like and some, yeah, some real considerations about, um, what was best, I suppose, for me in the, in the short term to, to give myself the best opportunity to be the best coach I can long term. So, um, I was very, very comfortable coaching Arable Seddon, um, working at Simon Black Academy, mixing this, mixing my time, um, with those two roles as well as, a bit of freelance media stuff. So my life was really, really stable. Um, so that's what I suppose the element um, of not kind of jumping straight into it and committing uh, 100% to the opportunity to coach the Werribee Football Club. But obviously in time, some reflections and some thoughts around um, what it all looked like and, and marrying up, you know, the risk versus reward and the opportunity that lay ahead of me, it was, um, yeah, decided that I'd pursue that and, and give it give it my best uh, my best go. Now you've had your feet under the desk for a little while. Has everything fallen into place nicely for you? Uh, it has, and, and again, as, as I discussed, the the job is a, is a relatively niche one in terms of 
um, having been associated with the club for a couple of years um, prior to the opportunity coming up, I know all the people, yep. uh, well, you know, 80, 80% of the people um, in terms of players, coaching staff, uh, board members, admin. It's, it's a really stable club with incredibly sound scaffolding at the moment. Um, so the transition into it uh, for, for myself is, is much more streamlined than someone coming from outside of the club and into the position um, not knowing anyone and not knowing the club and, and not knowing, I suppose, the ins and outs of day-to-day operations. So, yeah, I'm in, into the role and, and really comfortable with it. There are a lot of new things that you'll have to obviously address um, when when game time comes in terms of the structure of the team and all those sort of things. The, the new parameters are within the, the new competition. You've got your head around all those, the the <laughs> underage players you've got to play and all that all that sort of stuff yet? Well, not... not uh, oh, Loosely, and, yeah. and and I say that, um, yeah, not to not to be flippant with with what's what's ahead. I think the most important thing about coaching a football club is is investing in the people and and understanding the dynamic of, of the organisation. And as discussed, like I've got a, a fair grasp of all that, um, but to jump in and and now involve myself at that level as the senior coach does require. Yeah, an element of um, of time and commitment to the to the playing group, to the people, to the training program. Um, again, it, the understanding around being a, a semi professional environment, we only get the players anywhere between kind of six to nine hours a week. So, how do you maximise the time with them um, and, and and not buying too much at the moment into the rule changes and the dynamic of, yep. of what our what our what our club or what our list makeup will look like from from Saturday to Saturday when, when the winter comes around. So there will be discussions probably more so for, for the February and March period of, of the pre-season with coaches um, and then feeding kind of some strategy and, and um, method around that into the playing group from there. What was your number one uh, thing on the top of your to-do list when you when you got the job, Mick? Uh, it, it was just to make sure that I contacted the, the, the important people, the key people within the football club and it there's probably two to three that I pigeonholed from a coaching capacity or a coaching standpoint. And then the playing standpoint, you know, Michael Sodomarco, who's I think into his 10th year at the Werribee Football Club and has been the captain for the last few. Um, to get a lay of the land and, and get an understanding of exactly what the mindset of the players um, has been, even though I've only stepped away from the playing group and the club for the last six months or six months prior to coming back, um, halfway through the COVID year when the season was called off. Not much had changed, but it, it is important to kind of not make assumptions around that. So touch base with key people, um, you know, from a playing standpoint, Michael, Michael Sotomarco was an important one there. All the coaches um, was another um, important area for me to, to touch base with, to see what their level of, of investment looked like. And, um, you know, not surprisingly, it, it's unwavering and they're, they're fully committed to, to the season of 2021, so the, the coaching group is again largely the same as what it was going to be going into 2020. Um, and then from there, I've, I have maintained you know a strong connection and a strong link, which which will be the case going forward with Choco Williams um, to, to make sure um, you know he's still a, an active mentor of mine. So again, it's all and it sounds cliche, I suppose, in the coaching world that it's, that it's about people and building relationships and, and yeah. investing in the people, but um, I think you know it's it's a huge 
area that Choco did very, very well in, in two years in the role and, and took, um, you know, the Werribee Footy Club from, um, has also ran to, to a real contender in 2019 and, and what 2020 was, was looking like was the club was relatively bullish. So, um, how to maintain that momentum is ensuring that the people within it, um, you know, feel very, very valued and, and optimize the strengths of, of each individual group. Yeah. Your um your sort of mantra as a player, your pursuit of your own your own game and uh, and the team game and your pursuit of excellence as a as, as what you wanted out of yourself as a player is that reflected in uh, in kind of your your parameters as a coach, your rules as a as a coach. Yeah, it's still it's still a work in progress. I think it's very yeah. fluid uh, coaching and, and and running an organisation. Um, but the way I've I suppose done my apprenticeship as an assistant coach, as, as midfield um, assistant, with with Werribee in the past couple of years, and, and even in my short stint with Yarraville, was um, to really value effort and investment from players and and the people involved with the organisation, and and not worry too much about the talent and the skill level. It's all about optimising what yeah you can get out of each individual. Um, and from there, that really supports the collective. So uh, very, very interested and invested in the effort effort side of things and people really committing to, to um, getting the best out of themselves regardless of, I suppose, their talent talent level. So, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Very, very early days. It's, it, it, I've probably had to learn over the first few weeks in the job that um, you can't be everything – to everybody, and yeah. I've got a great support network at, at Werribee. It's um, quite unbelievable. You know, we've got um, Scott Graham in the sports science department heading up our high performance. We've got um, Hamish McGuinness doing a great job as, as the interim footy manager. Um, Mark Penaluna, who's a stalwart of the Werribee Football Club in the CEO space. Now, Kev, we'll have to just um, try and taper him down the email chain per day. <laughs> he, he throws about eight to ten emails per day to, to keep us all accountable, but um, this, the support is um, unwavering and it's right up to the top, I suppose, with, with Martin Carter, our president, and and leading a really, really um, sound and and uh, a stable board um, with the Werribee Footy Club. So it's, um, yeah, an enviable position to be in, but I just want to give myself the best opportunity to do it well um, and, yeah, just not to look too far ahead, probably beyond January, just get, get the wheels in motion for January, get the players out there moving and, and connecting with each other and, um, then move into some more specific stuff in Feb and March. How's it been for those blokes who didn't play any footy at all last year? Because there's a certain, not everyone, but there's a certain amount of our playing group who didn't play any footy at all last year. There is, yes. We've got a couple up in Darwin at the moment, which yep. is unique. It's usually unique. I played I played a bit of footy up in Darwin uh, in between 2019 heading into 2020. Um, and it was, uh, I suppose, a, a cause of some contention with, with the coaching staff and, <laughs> and CEO Mark Penaluna around running around in the top end in between footy. But what COVID has taught us is that it, you know, we, we need to allow people to pursue what they're passionate about. And we've sent, well, not sent, but players of their own volition went up and, and quarantined in, in Darwin and top end for Howard Springs it is for 14 days to, to get a footy season um, out and to play some footy. That's Don Brew. We've got Brody Newman, Jesse Clark up there at the moment. Um, as well, a couple of our younger players, Dane McFarlane, who won't be with us next year, um, is playing some great footy for for the Wanderers as well as Sean Manor, who will be with us next year. So it's 
one of those ones, it's a tricky one because they will miss a chunk of the preseason, but the uniqueness of the COVID year, no footy, what's the benefit of some players being up there playing footy um, compared to the, I suppose, the negative of missing out on training with the group? It's going to be kind of, it will be a watch this space. We've made sure that we've been really clear with the playing group that, um, that we've allowed it and, and, and we've ticked off on it. And as soon as they can come back and join in training and be involved with the football club, that, that will happen. Yep. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a new world we're living in. What yeah. will it look like beyond this year? I don't think it will probably be as, um, I suppose as lenient in terms of how many players want to go up there and have a kick in, in Darwin, but, for now, um, enjoying watching a little bit of them and, and getting their highlights and feedback from from week to week um, as they're up there having a kick. Yeah. Uh, the, the the new players got the club. We're about to talk to one on this podcast in just a tick, Nick Hayes, who I know you're pretty excited about having at the club. Yeah, certainly. And it is a unique uh, unique move, I think, from, from a sample player of his age. So Nick's 27, um, premiership player with Woodville West Torrens. Just in the season, just gone the, the compromise season in the Sandful. So, you know, a, a mature age, experienced players played at a high level and and, and been in successful organisations is, is a huge get. And for him to essentially land in the lap of, of definitely myself, I rock up and you've got a 27 year old Sample Premiership player um, that plays a, a high half forward role and, and, and has a bit of variety in his play is just. It was a good Christmas present, Kevin. To be honest, so <laughs> it's good to have yeah. good to have Nick on board. And, um, you know, he's in my very very brief um, encounters with him to date. Respectful, uh, bubbly, um, you know, connecting a real connector that has the potential to be a real connector within the group. Um, probably carries an element of leadership, regardless of not being hugely extroverted personality. So, yep. um, great to have. Yeah, Nick on board, as well as a couple of other key recruits, Wiley Buzzer, who's, who's got AFL experience and can play a multitude of roles forward, back, and in the ruck. It's very exciting to have Wiley on board. Um, so, and Matt Loby, we, we can view as well as, as essentially a new Absolutely. recruit. He hasn't played. He hasn't played a game for, for Werribee as yet, um, but he's been involved in the club for the last twelve months uh, in a in a coaching capacity, and um, you know was looking to play in the COVID year, which would have been nice to to get a few ruck taps to him, Kev, but now I can just watch from, from the stands and, and enjoy watching his work um, with the heart rate, hopefully down below you know, 80, 80 beats per minute and, and whilst we're going okay. I've, I've got to ask about the playing side of it. Are you you're comfortable with the fact that you won't be playing? I mean, is, is there going to be that uh, somewhere inside you going, oh, I'd like to be out there? I think there will be at times. Uh, we mentioned very briefly about the new rules around um, 16 and 6. Playing 16 players over over the age of 22 is the maximum. So for someone like myself, who's nearly double that age, I'm 33 now, so to to, um, to for, my, for myself to play it was never a consideration and it was never brought up in the interview process or application yeah. process to take on the, the coaching role. So... I'm, I'm really comfortable in the situation at the moment. I'm fit and healthy and, and doing a lot of running and, and gym work and, and, and whatnot. The body feels um, pretty good. My, my playing days won't be completely finished, Kev. I'm going to play some footy somewhere at some stage. I guarantee you that. Yep. It's, um, but the VFL level, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's time for me to move beyond that. I think the point that you um, 
I suppose aren't itching to get back to training or aren't kind of don't have that thirst to actually go out and, and compete against essentially AFL listed players is what you play against every week in the state league competition. Um, you know, I'm pretty content with the the decision to, to scale it back in a playing sense. Well, we're happy to have you in the coach's box. Looking forward to a good year. Looking forward to many chats uh, during this season. Mick, thanks for your time first up uh, on the Big W Podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. And uh, looking forward to, to hearing uh, Nick Hayes, new recruit on the Big W Podcast as well. So have a great afternoon. And, um, yeah, we're into it. And Monday, Wednesday, Fridays uh, at Avalon Airport Oval for training. So pop down and have a look if you're in the area. A senior coach, Mick Barlow. And uh, go down and have a look at the boys uh, in action at training. If you get a chance, remember all the uh, the COVID uh, protocols will uh, we'll remind you of those when you get there. But uh, it would be good to see you at Avalon Airport Oval sometime in the near future. All right, let's get to uh, our star recruit, one of our star recruits uh, for season 2021. Let's meet him now. Uh, Nick, welcome to Werribee, mate. How did we how did we get you? How do we second your services to the Werribee Football Club? So yeah, at the end of last year, um, work kind of finished up in Adelaide, and they asked me to move over here to Melbourne. And my girlfriend already lived over here, so it worked out well. And then Choco Williams was actually the one who uh, first gave me a call, and I had a meeting with him and Hamish, and 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 chatting to them about the club. I was um, that was where I wanted to play my footy. I think I had a lot of similar values to what I was playing over in Adelaide with Woodville, standalone club and with a real community and team atmosphere and that's what I was looking for in a team over here. So all the stars aligned and yeah, I signed out at out at Werribee when Choco was still on board. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Premiership, uh, over 100 games for Woodville West Torrens, playing with your brother. You, you, you kind of ticked all the all the footy boxes at 26 years of age. Was there a thought in your head that you might not play footy when you come over here? No, not really. I love the game. Yeah, so I love footy. I still think I've got, I'm probably a little bit biased towards myself. I think I've still got another five years in me. So whether that was going to be VFL or maybe go down a level, I was definitely always going to be playing footy. And I like playing at the highest level I can for as long as I can. So um, my aim was always to go to a VFL club when I come across here. Yeah, I've still got that hunger to play and I still love the game and I think I can still contribute to a winning team. So straight away I wanted to keep playing. Yep. Uh, and obviously, I mean, you mentioned the, the Choco factor and uh, and Mark's moved uh, back into the AFL uh, through the Melbourne Footy Club. But having Mickey Barlow come in as uh, as the senior coach is uh, not a bad sort of like-for-like uh, like swap in many ways. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic replacement. All the guys that I've met at training have spoken highly of Mick and I've met him as well now. And yeah, he seems like a great coach. He was obviously a part of that journey in 2019 with Choco um, as a player and coach that now has taken the reins as head coach. I think we're going to run a lot of the similar values and game style as what we had then. So there shouldn't be too much training to the way that we play the footy. Unlike many of your teammates, you actually got to play a season in 2020, which is sort of unusual. Put you in a, put you in a select uh, group, really. Yeah, it is an interesting one, obviously, with uh, all footy in Victoria being called off due to COVID. Yeah, I was fortunate enough in South Australia. We we had about a month or six weeks where we started the season and then we had a, a break um, with a little outbreak, but um, everything got back on track pretty quickly and we were able to play the remainder of the season. We got to play everyone twice still, so it was still a full season in the end and yeah, we managed to win the flag, which made it even more sweeter. 
Yeah, well, obviously a, a big tick for you too. Playing with your brother must have been nice to to tick that box for the pair of you. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was probably the highlight for me. Played a lot of junior footy together, Jack and I, um, and then yeah, I've come back to the Eagles yeah six years ago, and we've been playing together ever since then. So it was really nice to to have that moment um, with the team and with my brother. Yeah, pretty special. It's quite a little brood, the uh, the hay stable, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit different to the hay, the other hay stable we talk about a lot in the horse <laughs> racing terms, but there is – well, you've got four brothers. Yeah, correct. I've got four younger brothers, so um, eldest of five and grew up out on a little – out on a farm in a little town called Red Hill. So, yeah, there was plenty of backyard sport, mainly cricket and footy after school every day, plenty of pushing and shoving and fighting, so – yeah, definitely ingrained a bit of a competitive attitude into all of us, which has helped us throughout our footy careers for sure. Yeah, I, I love the story about the fact that the uh, the family farm was, uh, when it came to uh, recruiting for the SANFL, literally the border ran through the middle of yours and the farm next door. Yeah, that's right. Um, the border is not far between North Adelaide and Woodville. Our good family mate, friends, the uh, Coombses, live only you know, five or ten minutes north of us and they're in the North Adelaide zone and we're in the Woodville zone. So um, that's just the way it works in, in the country towns. And, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that I ended up at Woodville. And, and Campbell Comer obviously went on to win a McGarry medal and played in the grand final against you, I think, the same week he won the medal. Yeah, correct. Campbell won McGarry last year and um, Will was also playing for North Adelaide in the grand final that day. So... It was nice for Jack and I to get a little one up on them there. <laughs> hey, you spent two years at the Brisbane Lions on their on their rookie list. How has that experience changed the way you looked at footy, or did it change the way you looked at footy? Uh, I absolutely love my time up at Brisbane. Yeah, I'm really um, grateful for the two years that I got up there. Um, we managed to win a reserves grand final in my first year up there. And then, unfortunately, yeah, it didn't quite work out, and um, they delisted me. Um, which is fair enough. Um, yep. I thought I was playing reasonable footy, but probably not quite to what they wanted for AFL standards. So, yeah, but I gained great experience out of that and enjoyed my time up there and still able to apply a lot of the things I learned up there to my footy now. So, yeah, it was a great learning experience for me. Nick, the uh, the Werribee fans, what will they what will they see? You, you, I think you you describe yourself as uh, your most comfortable position is playing as a half forward. Do uh, you, you dabble in the midfield a little? What uh, what will we see from you in uh, in twenty twenty one in the in the Tigers colours? Yeah, I spend most of my forward time up forward now, but I do like to get a little spurt in the midfield here and there. So hopefully, see me flying across the park, taking a couple of marks and finishing with some goals. Yeah, I think my strengths are my hand, clean hands and ability to read the, read the play, so use my footy smarts and then just finishing when I get the opportunity. So those are the kind of things that I think I can bring to the Werribee Footy Club this year. And you got a bit of an attraction playing in grand finals too. We wouldn't mind if you brought that to, that to the table with you as well. Uh, yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, I played in three at Woodville. Unfortunately, I've only won one. But, yeah, and then had a win um, up in the Brisbane Lions Reserve. So yeah. hopefully I can have one here in the VFL and then I've... Uh, Picked off three of the state leagues, um, <laughs> which would be a nice, nice little uh, cherry on top, I suppose. Absolutely. Have you settled into life in uh, in Melbourne? Uh, you're working for Fulton Hogan uh, as a civil engineer, so uh, all the all the kind of boxes being ticked, all the ducks lining up in a row. Yeah, no, I've settled in well here to Melbourne. Um, a little bit different to what I'm used to in Adelaide, but work's been really good. We're still working from home due to the 
COVID uh, restrictions. But um, yeah, everyone at work been really welcoming and and helped me out whenever I need it. So yeah, and settled in well so far. Having having played that uh, 2020 season at Woodville under the COVID restrictions, which you know were Australia wide, did it did, was it any different? Did it feel any different out on the ground when you actually you know come to the uh, you know the cut and thrust of playing a game? No, not really. Once the game started, um, I didn't really feel too much of a difference to to a normal season. I suppose the only difference was the crowd restrictions, so you had less people at, at the games. But by the end of the year, I think in the grand final they were allowed to have. 25,000, so half a stadium, and they got near that. So that that's still quite a big turnout um, sample footy. So, yeah, that would be the only real difference. Once once the ball's bounced and you cross that white line, all of us players get a little bit of white line fever, and <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's, yeah, if it's a pre-season game or if there's a crowd or not, you're still, you're still playing footy to the best of your ability. So, yeah, very, very similar to a normal game. That uh, that 2020 premiership, uh, when the final siren goes, uh, did you immediately look for your brother? Was that was that the moment? We didn't look for each other, but we do both play in the forward line, and it just turned out that uh, when the when the ball when the siren went, um, we were right next to each other. So um, yeah, we were the first first to embrace each other, and yeah, then everyone comes piling in. So it's a great feeling, it's a pretty indescribable feeling when when you. Been so close a couple of times, especially I think when you finally get there, it makes it even better. Yep. Uh, welcome to the Werribee Football Club for starters. Uh, enjoy your stay with us, and we look forward to a very productive uh, twenty twenty one season to kick off your uh, your VFL career. Thanks very much, Kevin. Um, I look forward to it, and hopefully we can uh, get a premiership out here at Werribee. Nick Hayes, we look forward to a terrific career at the Werribee Football Club and a great contribution from uh, from Nick coming up, uh, particularly in uh, season 2021. And thanks again to our senior coach, Mick Barlow. Don't forget our great sponsors, of course, Corio Waste. I mentioned them, CorioWM.com.au to uh, the uh, team at ABC Homes, the Australian building company, abchomes.com.au. Uh, to everyone at the Bendigo Bank, our banking partners, um, uh, make sure you pop in and see them. They'll certainly look after you, as they will at KFC with a 10% off uh, for all Werribee Footy Club members. So take advantage of that, won't you? Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. There's plenty more of the way. And, of course, all the news you need to know on all our social media platforms. Look after yourself. With the Tigers bold